Welcome to the War Room. Ryan Ray here. As always, today my guest is Frank Rich. But first, please, please, please take two seconds and hit that five-star button wherever you may be. Okay, Frank Rich is a former bodybuilder, entrepreneur, men's health coach, and the host of the Superhuman Life podcast. After living and battling addiction, depression, and anxiety, anxiety for almost 20 years, he's now on a mission to help men who are suffering from the same issues to take back control of their lives through the power of faith and fitness. And so one of his things, obviously, is addiction and addiction to pornography and the impact that can have on men. We talk about that and other things in the show. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Frank Rich. Well, Frank, welcome to the War Room. How are you doing? I'm doing great, brother. Excited to uh, be here. Okay. Well, this is, uh, I think this is a first on a couple of different levels. I don't know if I've ever had on a bodybuilder uh, or a men's health coach. And so it's kind of exciting to expand those horizons for the show. And so it's good to have you on. So maybe unpack, I read your bio in the introduction, maybe unpack a little bit about your journey and what you have going on right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll, 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 I'll try to keep this short and succinct. I have uh, sometimes a tendency just to ramble. So if at any point I'm going way off topic with where you're trying to lead me to, just reel me in. I give you permission All right. to do that, to do that today, <laughs> Ryan. Um, no, you hit it, you know, you hit the, the nail on the head there, you know, so, you know, former bodybuilder, entrepreneur, you know, it's interesting because you never had a bodybuilder on your show. I would probably push back against that. I think anybody that utilizes training and nutrition to change the way that their physique looks in my eyes as a bodybuilder. It's actually an article I wrote back in 2017, but I competed uh, as a bodybuilder. So that's where kind of that, I guess, label or title came from. Um, been an entrepreneur, you know, been, been deep into the personal development and self-help space for a very long time. And then through, you know, a series of really life transforming events between 2018 and 2019, uh, I found my faith and in doing that, I realized that while I was achieving a lot of success in business and bodybuilding in all, a lot of areas of my life, there were a lot of secrets and there were a lot of things that I wasn't really being honest about. Um, and the biggest one was my use and consumption of pornography. Um, it had been something that I'd been introduced to at a very, very young age, like most men and most boys are. Um, and it never was a conversation that I was interested in entertaining until I was about 35 years old. Um, getting that out of my life, uh, which the day came on February 14th of 2019, um, changed a lot of things for me. Um, and this is tied into my faith and my spiritual walk. But once I got on the other side of the addiction and went through what, you know, we now, you know, describe as a reboot and reset period, began to see the world a whole lot differently. And this led me to launching a podcast, get my story out there into the world because I saw an opportunity to maybe help other people. I didn't see a path to coaching i didn't really see this as you know a new business venture for me but through you know sharing conversations just like you're doing here today ryan um the messages to my inbox began to really blow up and and it went from at first it was thank you for your willingness to have these tough difficult conversations then about six months into it like the message just said hey i'm in the same place that you were talking about before can you help me um now i've had a background in 
personal training and fitness coaching. You know, I ran a, I run a fitness company online, did personal training way back in my mid twenties. So I've always been a coach leader of, of others. But when people started reaching out to me about helping them out of porn addiction, I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't think I'm actually equipped to do this. So I started to dive deep into, you know, some certifications and get a little bit deeper understanding of the brain neuroscience. What is a reboot? What is a reset? How does the faith spiritual side of things play into it? What role does personal development? What role does nutrition play into this? And that led me to launching, you know, my newest venture, which has been you know, a little over two years now, which is Rebuilt Recovery, uh, which is a company that we help men become better men uh, by quitting porn first and then rebooting and rebuilding their lives. So in all of that work, you know, we're going to look at the man's, you know, health and fitness. We're going to look at his mindset. We're going to help him reshape and rechange his identity. We're going to help him in, in his walk, uh, in his spiritual walk, whether that's, you know, getting closer to God, or if he doesn't subscribe to a Christian, you know, worldview, we'll help him from a, you know, from a spiritual perspective there. So it's a fully integrated holistic approach that we help men out of the depths of this addiction, but then set them on the path to the language that I use becoming the men that they were created to be. Oh, okay. And so you, you talked about the um, men and porn addiction and it, it's, it's interesting because in us 2022 um, there's all sorts of attacks on people. Right. And so um, from a progressive ideology, they're wanting to push certain uh, cultural agendas. And from the conservative ideology, they're trying to figure out which ones are worth fighting for um, porn kind of, it doesn't really, it's not really been um, maybe growing up. I'm 38, uh, 37, 37, I think <laughs> 37 growing up. It had a very negative connotation. Now in modern society, it's not nearly as negative as it was. Um, who, who oh, you disagree? Cause it, it seems if you go to a, like this, an R rated movie now is far more likely to have some level of nudity. Um, whereas in the nineties, it was far less prevalent. So it, it definitely has influenced the culture a lot more. Um, and so you talk about being, uh, men being susceptible to it at a young age, it seems that now they're they're far more susceptible to it, and neither side is proactively pushing against the pornography uh, issues that you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not sure to me by neither side is pushing against uh, the pornography argument. Um, you know, the reasons that the men are getting or the young boys have, you know, they're getting exposed to it at such a young age. You, you and I are the same age. Um, we didn't have the internet. Like when I was six and I found a magazine in my dad's drawer, that was it. And if I was going to see it again, I had to either sneak around the parents' house, I had to steal one from the, you know, from the, uh, from the gas station, or I had to hope that maybe I found one in, in the woods. And any man that grew up in our generation will understand that. Today, you put a, you put a, a, a smartphone in a child's hands at six. That's all he needs. That is the gateway to anything you want on the internet. So it's becoming a bigger issue and problem because it's just not it's not talked about in, in, in address enough. And it's just a completely different animal. It's like the crack epidemic in the eighties. You know, this was something that came on scene and nobody was prepared for it. Nobody was prepared for the drug of internet pornography that has been with us for about 20 years. Yeah. I, I guess let me push, let me say that like this, um, to your point about giving children smartphones, um, maybe there is, uh, so I, I don't think that on, on the progressive or left-wing side of the equation, there's a lot of concern about um, maybe these issues as much. And on the right, on the right-wing side, I don't, I don't hear a lot of conservative le leaders warning, repeatedly warning parents not to give their kids access to smartphones. It doesn't seem to be a big talking point, despite the fact it's obvious to anyone with a smartphone that all the things that you're saying are true, right? So it, it doesn't take, uh, to your point in 1995, it's a lot different. If you have a smartphone today, 
you understand the capabilities and the dangers. Um, yeah. I don't hear either side really cautioning, hey, before we give these things to kids, let's have a really deep conversation about the dangers here. Uh, am, am I missing the conversation maybe? Well, 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 the conversation is not being had with children because it's not being had with adults, right? So just look at the statistics of men that are struggling with pornography. I don't need to you know, pull numbers out of the sky. More than half of the men walking the earth today would describe their struggles with pornography as outside of their own control. So if somebody doesn't have their own behavior with pornography under control, why would that person go have a conversation with their children? about it like that is not going to be an honest vulnerable it's not going to be an honest authentic conversation that's going to be received and i think it's i i i, I think it's even beyond that i think because you know i had dr anna lemke who's the head of stanford addiction uh, department for the last 30 years she's been at the forefront of studying porn and sex addiction for for 25 30 years and has, has done clinical work um in her you know in her uh in her office and then she's done some some research with stanford as well. And I asked her, I said, why, like, why hasn't this become big enough conversation? And I think, you know, science a lot of times is behind society. You know, you look into the early 1900s, like science was pushing tobacco, right? You know, you go even a little bit further back, science was pushing what we now know as hardcore narcotics. So it's, 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 it's been interesting for me in just two and a half, three years of having this conversation begin to see it more accepted and more had. But I would say that's probably the reason why is people in and of themselves, adults don't understand the real impacts of it. So there's, they don't see it as a need to talk to their children about it. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. So someone listening right now goes, Hey man, listen, you're living in the 1920s, bro. There's nothing wrong with people viewing porn. It's, 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 you know, um, there's nothing, it's, it's a, it's a, um, the crime without a victim, if you will, there's, there's no uh, one really getting hurt. What would That's you say? 100%. Well, that is 100% false. There, there are victims in pornography, and that would open up a conversation around human trafficking. But to answer the original, you know, statement, I don't care if it's right or wrong. It's not my, uh, I don't, yeah, it's just not where I want to take the conversation. So I don't care what you do with your life. Like people listen to this are hopefully grown men and women, and they have the ability to make the choices and decisions for themselves. So I'm not here to tell you you're a bad person or a good person. That's not, I, I have zero care about that in the world. Um, I'm here to educate. I'm here to explain the dangers. I'm here to talk from a real world, um, a journey and perspective first, but then also being in the trenches with thousands of conversations from men that don't see a way out of it. So it's not a conversation or good or bad. It's just not one I'm interested in having. Okay, but but okay. So let me maybe re rephrase it. You are saying that it's it's bad to be viewing and addicted to porn. That there's a negative connotation with that. What what are the negative side effects of viewing porn? Well, the definition of addiction is the continual or repeated use of a substance and or to be a uh, substance and or behavior, despite negative consequences to self and or others. So just there in the addiction of addiction or the definition of addiction is saying that is a it is a bad consequential thing to you. But what are some of the common side effects that we see with men? I mean, we could, A, number one, talk about erectile dysfunction. We could talk about low testosterone. Those are two epidemics that are, uh, you know, young men are facing that we've never seen in human time. Why is a young man that's 25 years old can't get an erection with a real woman? Because he's programmed and wired himself that to get an erection, I'm supposed to watch people. I'm supposed to be a spectator to sports. So 
consuming pornography puts you as a spectator to the act of sex. So that's a number one, we could touch on the morality piece. I'm not sure if that's where you want to go today, but we can get into the rise in human trafficking, how pornography is the marketing department for human trafficking. Anybody wants to do a quick Google search on trafficking hub and see what has happened with Pornhub, Visa, American Express, 10 million videos pulled off their site in the last 18 months. You can educate yourself there as well. You know, I think the biggest impact though is 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 on the brain, how it hijacks your dopamine your dopaminergic reward center. So we have dopamine. It's 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 a word that is getting a lot of traction now from guys like Andrew Huberman. You're seeing it in these high performance circles. How can we hack our dopamine? How can we put this into these states where we want to go out and then really attack and conquer the world? What happens with pornography though is because it's a super normal stimulus. First, second time I consume it, I've now established a new baseline that my brain knows that if I want to get high levels of dopamine, I'll just go look at more pornography. So what that does is that blunts the pursuit of dopamine in its natural state, which is going to be the pursuit of meaningful goals, working on purpose-driven projects that are bigger than you, working on changing your physique or serotonin as well. So hijacks the dopamine reward center. We can talk about the morality side of peace, but then getting into the real impact on men. And then, and then you take that. So you take a guy that knows he's got a problem and can't stop doing it. These are the conversations that I have every single day with men. I'm on my 20th to 10th and I can't get past seven days. I can't get past 30 days. What that does to a man's identity, how it layers him in shame and how it puts him in a state where he doesn't believe he's ever going to be able to get this out of his life. So that's where our mission has been around helping these young men that haven't been educated, haven't been given the tools and resources to a show them that yes, this is something you actually have the ability to break through. But when you do it, this new world of opportunity opens up to you. Is there a difference in maybe um, difficultiness to, uh, to shed from an addiction standpoint? Um, porn compared to maybe alcohol or tobacco or or hardcore drugs or is it just kind of another addiction that it's just it's a tough thing to overcome yeah i mean all addictions are going to be difficult to to break and overcome i think the one that probably elevates you know pornography outside of a box with many of those is those are conversations like you wouldn't be looked at as as a bad person or you wouldn't feel shame if you went to your family and you said hey i've been struggling with alcohol i think i need some help or hey i can't you know i can't get off the pipe or hey i got this addiction to oxycodines or hey i'm taking a little bit too much adderall you can go have that conversation and you're not worried about what people are going to say and judge about you with porn though because it's got this taboo piece to it right and it's tugs at sexuality um, it tugs at the relationship side. Men are unwilling to, A, admit it to themselves, but then once they realize they have a problem, they don't want to go talk to anybody about it. They definitely don't want to talk to their spouse, and I don't recommend that they do, at least at the beginning, because what's she going to say? How is she going to react? The emotional response there. So I do think that there is an added layer to it with just the fact that, once again, it's not the conversation that people are willing to even look at. You touched on the morality piece. I do want to go back to that for a second because um, there was a documentary out a few years ago and it, it kind of tracked, you know, how the, some of these girls were brought in, um, kind of what their promise and then kind of how it ruined their lives. And uh, they weren't talking about hot girls wanted on Netflix. Yes. That's yeah. Yeah. Ago, so, yeah. So one of the, so one of the pimps in that movie, uh, some, a lot of that footage was shot here locally in Tampa. Uh, I believe he just got sentenced to 25 years uh, in prison for human trafficking. Yeah. So folks go check that out. But that's not even on the bad end of the spectrum. You're talking about more true human trafficking, I believe, uh, because those girls were kind of solicited online uh, by their own free will, more or less. They weren't they weren't um, captured and then ran through the program, if I remember correctly. Uh, but but porn has an aspect to where people were being, you know, 
trafficked, like literally stolen from their homes. Yeah. See, that's, see, that's, that's the, that's not what trafficking is though. Like the, the human trafficking is, is what we, is what we just discussed with this individual. Like, yeah, there's, there's a one in hundred case where the person pulls up in the white van with the blacked out windows and snatches a child. Like that happens very rarely though. That's like, that's TV stuff, right? The modern day trafficking is the dad that is pimping out his daughter to sleep with men around the corner, filming it and then putting it online. Or the boyfriend that they did a, they, they did a consensual uh, sex tape together and then something happens, breaks up, and now you have revenge porn, right? Revenge porn is human trafficking. That, that person didn't consent uh, to have that video shared with others. So I, I, I think that you touched on something, but it's not the white van snatching the kids. That's not, that's not the case. It's more of the revenge stuff, the voyeurism, all of these things. Now there's a second component too, though, because in some of these other countries, or I've had conversations with men that have been involved in like rescuing children out of this. So you go into like a third world country, let's say you go to Costa Rica, you know, I don't know if there's, I don't know if that's an actual destination, but there's a lot of places around the world where, you know, men that want uh want to buy sex with children will go to these countries and they have pimps there and, and and there's this whole process what they use porn for is they use porn to condition the children so if a young girl is going to get raped by three men the pimp will say okay you need to watch this video because this is what's going to happen to you so it desensitizes them um it it preps them for what's about to happen so i think it's contributing you know to the human trafficking side from two spectrums yes there's the role in the fact that anybody without any verification you don't need any licensing any contracts can put a can put a video up on these porn sites that is changing and that's something i've been very happy to see and that's that that has really been led by lila micklewaite of uh traffickinghub.com her and her organization has really been a loud voice in getting a lot of these things changed but for the longest time anybody that had a video with a person in it they could put it on the internet and have others consume it as pornography and that in and of itself is trafficking yeah see what you touched on there is what i think um the, the right has failed to grasp, which is this desensit uh, desensitizing people to stuff. And, you know, if you get on, let's say Instagram, which about you know, pornography is not allowed, but if you get on there and you see that women are all dressed a certain way and they're all got these filters on, you, you, you start to reshape how uh, the younger age groups start to view what is normative for life. And so it's not just, so you do have, I think, R-rated movies. I don't have statistics. I suspect there's more nudity in them today than there was in the past. But also you have at a young age people being told that you have to look um, a certain way all the time. Um, and so I think that also conditions young people so um if it, it feels like there's there's a lot that, that needs to be happened at a cultural level to talk about the impacts of all these things and so porn is uh, the worst in the spectrum but i would quite i would be happy to push back and say that the kids consuming vast amounts of tiktok dances or instagram and thinking that this is how you're supposed to look actor or perform throughout life um is, is a is a is a funnel if you will to um more risque behavior down the line Oh, absolutely. And there was a fascinating study done, I believe it was in the 70s at Stanford, led by a team of researchers, and they did it on butterflies. And this is where the term supernormal stimulus came, came from. So these researchers, they understood butterfly, they understood butterflies attractions, male butterflies are attracted to the female butterflies with the biggest wings, brightest colors, and largest eyes. So they wanted to test this theory that if they were to in, inject artificial butterflies into a butterfly ecosystem, what would happen? What would be the outcome of doing this? So over time, these researchers started to implant inside of this ecosystem of butterflies, fake 
butterflies with larger wings, brighter colors, bigger, bigger eyes. Over time, what ended up happening was all the male butterflies stopped paying attention to the real female butterflies and they would instantly be attracted to the fake artificial ones. And I think this is what you're kind of hitting with the young kids that are seeing the Kardashians, you know, the reality stars, these these young TikTok dancers that are worth millions of dollars now that are literally looking like they're 35 years old. I walk in the gym today. I, I just I just moved to a suburb here last month. I used to live in the city here here in Tampa, and I was just ready to kind of get out, and I wanted a little bit more space, and I was just ready to kind of get into that next stage of my life. But I'm training in a gym now where it's been summer, so the time I go, there's a lot of young kids. I can't tell the difference between a girl who's 15 and 35, and it's not only the way that they look, it's the clothes, it's it's the way that they care themselves it's it's just the the demeanors it's because humans are we model right like that's 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 what we're here to do that's how we learn everything up until the point where we can begin to communicate that's how children learn how to do things they just model what their parents are doing the way that they walk the way that they move the way that they lay down so that's a part of our nature is to is to model um so yeah you're hitting on something really really big there yeah i mean i think if you just take this topic out of the equation for half a second and um, if you were to look at the amount of uh, this was trendy a few years ago, the people that would run up to other people in the streets and they would come up behind them and, and cold cock them. And it became a almost a trend to where people were just getting cold cocked uh, and people would push it on social media. And then, you know, it kind of, it kind of, kind of came, I don't say a cool thing, but a, a trendy thing that, that there'd be videos of this happening. And part of that is, is that you've changed social norms and you've said that this is now OK. Uh, and we see this uh, in a lot of areas. People talk to each other a little bit more rude now, crass, oh, right? And so you could take it to something like uh, pornography or Instagram. Say it's quite easy to see it there because you can see it when social norms are eroded. Um, you know, you 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 now get into a territory where th new, the things that weren't okay are now okay. And sometimes th there's good th there's a good reason for that, but a lot of times there's not. And so uh, on this topic, it's quite interesting to think about if you just look at social norms and how they've been eroded. Um, you can see to where. Uh, this is where we're heading. It could be quite catastrophic for the future generation, thinking that they have to look, dress, and dance in certain ways. Um, and the people that they're viewing doing these things are the best of the best, right? It's not like they're watching you know, the bums do it. It's the best of the best, which really shapes your perspective. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though, is are they best of the best? I think, you know, I sound like an old man today, but whatever. That's, you know, that's I guess that's what I am now. I'm 30. I'll be 39 in a couple weeks. Um you talked about the internet at the beginning, right? You know, I brought it up with like the, the drug of internet pornography. What the internet has done is it's made anybody with a phone have the ability to become quote unquote famous, right? You know, whereas before, like if you're going to get any level of fame around the world, like you had to do something of meaning or value, whether it was movies, you had to be a great actor, you had to have some charisma, personality, maybe you had to be a great sports figure. So you had to have some athletics or maybe you were going to make it in business and finance. But even there, like you had to be at the top, you know, half of a 1% to be recognized as a business tycoon and business individual from a fame perspective. With social media, like you said, you can go online and just punch somebody in the face and put the internet and put the video on the internet. And now you got some action so that's going to tell the person well people like me now so i'll just go continue to 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 do this so yeah i i think the internet is causing massive problems and then you talked about it there as well right like the what people will say to each other through the internet if you would see some of the conversations i'm six foot three and 260 pounds like i'm not a fighter you know but i carry a presence and i can guarantee 90 percent of the, the 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 troll comments that i get are coming from dudes that are under five foot five and have never picked up a weight in their life they wouldn't 
they wouldn't, for the sake of their life, say half the things they said to me if they were looking me in the eyes that they would behind a keyboard. So that's just a whole other tangent that I could love to go down one day with somebody. But um, okay. No, I, so we got a few minutes left here. Let's talk, um, you know, steps for people struggling with porn addiction. They're, they're looking for help. They're listening to this going, yeah, listen, this is terrible. Or for young men who are listening to this podcast, they're not there, but they are checking out all the girls on Instagram. So they're, they're, they're just one to two steps removed. Uh, give some practical tips and advice. Yeah, I mean, you know, this sounds, you know, sounds pretty generic, but I, I, I think it's important because I don't think most people actually accept the problem for what it is so um you know i talked to a lot of men they're like i'm trying to get this out of my life yeah i really wish i could break through to this and i was like well just do it like just 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 stop and it's because these guys haven't gotten really clear on what the impact so you asked me about some of the side effects and i gave you kind of a canned answer right i think that's an individual case though where a man if he's going to break through needs to spend some time on auditing his life what has been the actual impact how has my use and consumption of pornography prevented me from maybe developing meaningful relationships and conversations how has my internet pornography use maybe halted some of my motivation how has my internet pornography use put me in a place where i objectify every single woman that i look at so start from there acknowledge that it's a problem but then get very very clear on what the impacts have been and then once you know what those impacts are then you begin to work on yourself in those areas. And by doing that, you almost have this inverted way of thinking where you realize like, if I begin to improve the areas that pornography has negatively impacted, I'll begin to realize that I don't need pornography as a crutch anymore. That if I focus on developing myself, if I focus on creating a meaningful purpose and vision for my life, if I focus on having deep, intimate relationships, if I focus on becoming a man of service. So, you know, I wrote a book called The Seven Step Guide, which will walk people through those seven steps. But the first two are acknowledge and admit that there's a problem in your life and then commit to doing whatever's necessary to change. And I think that's any behavioral change. I think that's any recovery. I think that's any transformation. It needs to be a true commitment that you're willing to do whatever is necessary. Okay. Where do you want to send people to uh, if they want to find out more information about what you have going on? Yeah, well, if they want to check out the book, um, it's at www.the7stepguide.com. Um, if you want to, you know, just know more about me and kind of what I'm doing, check out Instagram. It's at Coach Frank Rich. Um, and if you like, you know, these long form style interview podcasts, I have a podcast that's on Apple and all the platforms out there. And check that out, The Superhuman Life. Okay, awesome. Well, Frank, thank you for this and best of luck for uh, fighting the good fight, man. Thank you, bro. Okay, that is my interview with Frank Rich. Check out everything at the newsletter, ryanracing.com slash newsletter. We'll chat about it there. Get your thoughts. That's where you be a part, can be a part of the show. Would love to hear from you as always. And we'll talk real soon.